For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 706 on CJAD 800. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Hello, Josh. Hello. And uh, we're talking baked goods today. It's very exciting. And uh, we have from Bar à Beurre, the butter bar, which sounds delicious, uh, Vanessa DeMora. Vanessa, welcome to today's Entrepreneur. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. So uh, let's begin with, of course, the most obvious question. Uh, tell us about Bar à Beurre. What do you do for a living? Um, well, as you mentioned, um, it's baked goods, basically. Um, it's all the baked good recipes from my family, and we just really wanted to bring it to our city, to Montreal, and just give a little bit of extra butter and a little bit of fat to everyone that we love, you know? <laughs> a, li- a little bit of fat. That's a little bit of fat. Ju- just, just what we need. We're Italian, you know? That's what we, that's what we do. Now, you're a bakery, so it's, but it's not just uh, opening in the morning, croissants and muffins. It's, I mean, you're open throughout the day. There's coffee. There's other items that, that you sell. So what else do you kind of do to attract people uh, and, we, and what other products do you have? We serve the croissants. Like you said, we have our little morning rush with the coffee, the venoiseries, and then we hit lunch. So we do our paninis, traditional Italian dishes, too. We have our little arancinis and my, grandmother, my grandmother's recipe that she made. Um, and then we have the sweets all day long. We have the, the little cupcakes. We have our specialty, the butterball, which is our signature pastry. It is um, a recipe from my grandmother. It's uh, a pesca in Italian. That's what you would call it because it looks like a peach. And we gave it the name butterball just to go with our, our little store, mm-hmm. our little theme. It's two cookies that we put together and the filling's different. It's custard and then it's rolled in a grappa syrup. So that's our signature. And then we played with a little bit of flavors. We have a uh, red velvet chocolate, you know, the mm-hmm. the standard, and then the lemon, and uh, we have our breads. We have uh, the candy, the cookies. Now let's let's take it back to and, and all this sounds far too delicious, and you know, there's this box sitting in front of us, Dan, that is is really hard to resist. We'll get to but, that during the commercial break, but we'll definitely get <laughs> to that. Uh, but let's go back even before the store opened, because you've been open about a year and a half or, mm-hmm. or so. Um, but this this plan, from what I understand, started about a couple of years ago. Tell us. A, a little bit about what your background was and what kind of pushed you to say, okay, I got to start the legwork and, and seeing what I can do to open. Well, like I mentioned, I am from an Italian family, so baking and eating in general was a big part of my life. Um, and then I decided when I was about 18 that I really wanted to go into the food industry. So I went to um, a culinary school here in Montreal to St. Pius, and I decided. Sugar was really my forte. I wanted to make everything pretty, you know, that you could eat, everything sweet. Um, so I decided to specialize in pastry. So I went to Cordon Bleu in Ottawa. And then from there, I worked at a couple of, a couple of bakeries in Ottawa. And uh, I came back to Montreal because I do love this city very much. So uh, I decided to work at a couple of bakeries here, a couple of restaurants. And uh, I worked at a, actually a cupcake place uh, for a couple of years. And I really learned a lot there. Um, but I really learned a lot from my mother and my grandmother. They taught me almost everything I know in, in baking and cooking. Uh, so, you know, we really just wanted to take everything that we would find in our household, in our Italian lunches, and, and put it into a store. Was there a trigger point? I mean, you were working for other bakeries. Was there something I said, you know what, I just got to do this on my own? Um, it wasn't so much a trigger point. It was just I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I don't think that there was a moment that I said, I got to get out of this, you know, I just, I have to do it on my own. Um, I just, I really wanted to bring my special touch 
eventually uh, to, to the city. And I really wanted to put all my ideas, everything that you would see in our house and everything that I see in my brain, you know, into, into something special. So. Now, now there's, there's so many things and you're about to, to open up a business and start and, and, and lay the groundwork. What was the first thing you felt you had to do before anything else? Um, well, the business plan, obviously, is the first thing that you do. My, my favorite topic, Dan. Business, <laughs> business plans. <laughs> well, she actually did one, which is refreshing. A lot of people don't have business traits. Um, you start with an idea, obviously, and that was being specialized with the peaches. And then I took it from there. So we started our business plan. And uh, then it just, you know, as you're working on things, things change. So we added in the, the, the paninis. We added in the croissants. Um, but yeah, it started from there, really. So when you're you're working your business plan, I mean, your your background. I mean, I'm sure there was, you know, there's all there's the product side of it, which you were very familiar with, mm-hmm. and that's where your passion lies, certainly with the sweets and the exactly. sugars. But of course, the business plan. I mean, you have to build. There's people around it. There's a financial portion to it. Exactly. Were you familiar with a business plan? Not have you done one before? At all. Not at all. I actually, yes, I have done one at school. It was part of our program, just to give you an idea if you would open a restaurant one day to kind of show you a little bit what it's about. But um, really, my side was just the baking, so I was not familiar at all with it. That's where my father had come in to help me a lot, and we had some help with the bank, you know. We had to present our business plan, obviously, but the whole loan, the whole, that came from the bank, and we had some friends help us, but he was basically the heart behind the the whole business plan section. Was your father like he was working before was he ready to get into business like how did that how did you bring your parents into your your world um they were just not working they were unemployed my father had got laid off at the time and he was doing some contract work because he's a man of all of all trades jack of all trades he was doing some contracting building some furniture he uh he decided why not let's let's do this with her you know that's her dream so let's do it now with her so he took a couple of baking courses for the breads and the the croissants and that took about a year and he said okay let's do this so you know he didn't have as much as experience as i had on the baking side but Mm -hmm. he was also working uh he was managing a franchises so you know that was more his his thing but now you know he's baking croissants at 4 (laughs) a.m now now, putting this plan together did do you guys i mean you, you bring your own expertise but did you did you butt heads? Did you, you know, did he think you should go one direction and you had, you had your thoughts and said, you know what, absolutely not. This is my idea. This is my baby. I think we should go that way. Maybe you can recount uh, the experience. Um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you're, you're Italian, so uh, there's got to be some hot blood. We have some anger back there, yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm an extremely stubborn person. <laughs> um, I think you could ask anyone, especially still to the day, I'm stubborn as hell. Um we he wanted to do something a bit different that's where things kind of changed i wanted to be just a specialty shop but he said no you know when we found the location uh there's nothing here so we're gonna add to it so he brought in the paninis and then it just rolled on from there but i mean the whole the whole design of it he they really both of them my mother and my father let me just do what i wanted with it because it was my dream originally obviously and they just said okay We'll build it. You design it. You know, we'll help you out. So, was it really? Uh, I guess the from a store and aesthetic, uh, uh, kind of a product or the the, for want of a better term, the pretty side of it. They left you and and the numbers, the business plan, the making things work. I mean, 
was that more your dad or you really worked together? Um, we worked together. He took the majority of it. Um, the aesthetics was me, the, the researching for the products, researching for the, the boxing, the packaging. That was all my, my side. Um, yeah. And he took care of the numbers basically, which was a big help because I wouldn't have had any, anywhere to go in the beginning. He, he really helped out there. No, and, and I think, you know, you hit, on a, you hit on a big word, which is research. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, that go with their gut. And, Dan, we've seen many that just kind of go and kind of shoot, fire, aim. You know, they instead of thinking first. But research plays uh, a huge role, I'm sure. And certainly when you're looking at locations, looking at product, setting up, determining prices. I mean, the, your competition, there's a whole bunch of research that goes into it. And I think when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more how, how and where you found the items and where sure, you got your sure. research and, uh, and we'll take it from there. Perfect. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD 800 with Vanessa DeMora of Bakery Bal Beurre. It's 7.15 right now. CJAD 800 traffic. Here is Kira Yeager. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 719 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you, and our guest is Vanessa DeMore of uh, Bakery Bar à Beurre, and uh, Vanessa, you started this business about a year and a half ago. Uh, tell us a bit more about the research that went into this, uh, particularly finding uh, these interesting recipes, I know you, you mentioned a lot of them were for, were for your family, but what, what was the, the R&D process? I mean, did you have to sort of do a lot of testing? Did you have, did you have uh, test audiences, maybe, samplers? There was a lot of sampling going on for a good couple months uh, people started to hate us a little bit um, their waistline got a little bit bigger that's for sure um, a lot of them were family recipes but um, I mean playing with the flavors of the boule de bar the pesca that I mentioned before uh, we, we sampled that out a lot um, but other than that we really just go with the flow see what the customers like to you know if something's not working we'll change it um, but the standard the the original ones are always there obviously um, Research-wise, for the the packaging and and you know the the packaging, the products that we carried, that was a bit longer. Um, I really put a lot into the look of the store and to the to the way that the the things fit all together. So the cupcakes have to fit into the same boxes as the peaches, all that kind of stuff. So that. That was a bit longer. It was a, a bit frustrating, but... You did know. you do that yourself? Did you outsource? Did, like, what kind of help did you have with no, that? No, I did all of that myself. Um, I kind of went around, obviously, our city. We also visit New York quite often because I like to see the trends that are coming out, mm -hmm. um, the new colors, you know, what's what's hot, what's not. Um, but the whole packaging, I just, I really took that all upon myself. I really wanted to, to have my look on that. And do you, do you kind of look at your competition too, to see what they're doing so that you can be a little bit either different or see what works or what doesn't? Of course, of course. Um, you want to see what's working. Obviously I want to keep a certain line of pastries in the store, but you want to see what's new too. So there was that whole, uh, cronut phase that was going on. So <laughs> we, we dubbed our, our cronuts you know so we we kind of jump on the fashion boat the the trend boat um but we do go around we we see what's happening in our city and in the bakeries and the food industry you know something you always have to keep up with now part of being retail and part of your research i mean it's it's all about location you got to be in the right mm -hmm. spot or hopefully find the best spot because foot traffic is important tell us a little bit about your experience in trying to find 
that best location and how you ended up where you are? Um, it kind of ended up, we ended up really lucky. My father had stumbled upon the place, actually. Um, I wanted something more in the plateau area, but he was just driving around one day and he found this cute little shop in the old port. And he said, let's, let's go look at it, you know? And uh, we went back and forth between two places, which one of them was the one that we're at now. And uh, we sat in the car, you know, we did the whole 6 a.m. sitting in the car, see if people were walking by, <laughs> you know, like little <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> creeping it out a little bit. But, um, you know, you have to really make sure that there's people there. You have to see what's around the area. So this particular store that we're at now, there was no bakery there. There was so many um, people living in that area. There's so many condos. There's the Palais de Justice and there's nothing there. So we we decided to go with that one. We decided to bring, you know, our recipes to that area. We really wanted a family run and a family uh, store that, you know, you could come with your children and sit down and have a coffee and a cake. Where is it exactly? It is on Notre Dame S, 350 Notre Dame S. So it's right at the corner of Bon Secours. And um, it's right uh, next to the Palais de Justice. It's not that far. So um, there is a lot of foot traffic. Um, there's a lot of businesses around there. There's a lot of condos. So we're happy with uh, with the results so far. And uh, coming up on today's Entrepreneur, uh, we'll talk a bit about uh, the hours. Yes. <laughs> and the people involved in a bar a bar. That's coming up next at 723. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. This evening on today's entrepreneur, Vanessa Demora from the bakery uh, Bar à Beurre, and we're talking about uh, her business, a new business. It's been around about a year and a half in the old port. And uh, the first thing that I always ask uh, people in the food industry is, is the hours. The hours seem to be really crazy, no matter where you are in the food industry. Are there very, very late nights or early mornings? And I guess uh, in the case of uh, bakers like Vanessa, very early mornings and, and long days. So tell me yes. about your day and how you how you balance that that work life. Um, Situation. Well, we are there at 4 a.m. Um, so I'm there from 4 a.m. to about 6.30. 6.30pm. Um, 6.30pm, yes. <laughs> um, almost six days a week, sometimes seven. It depends the day, who's sick, who's not, obviously. Okay. Um, but it is rough. In the beginning, it was super rough. We did not have a social life at all. Um, my father is there in the morning with me. My mother comes usually halfway through the day, gives us a little break. We can nap a little bit, you know. Um <laughs> But the social life in the beginning was rough, yeah, for sure. Friends come, friends come to see you. They sit down, you know, they give us a little break too. It's nice when people come to visit you, they give us a break and a reason to sit down because we're usually running around hectic, you know, always something to do. Um, but the first year was rough and now it's getting a bit better. You uh, you got to be in bed by nine o'clock or you're exa- exhausted the next day. And uh, we're slowly, slowly getting there. We'll have dinner at the store sometimes, you know. We're already downtown, so you'll go out. But we take turns. <laughs> does it? Does it? Now that you you know you're, you've been around for a little while, as when the staff or your your human re- human resources that have been there longer makes it easier for you to step back a little bit. They're trained; they understand what to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you have a staff that's been there a bit longer, you trust them more. So we'll get to leave the store during the day. Sometimes you know we could run some errands. It's nice to have people that you know know what they're doing so you won't be stressed out as we were in the beginning because you want everybody to do everything perfect you want every client to leave happy you don't want someone to serve somebody rudely or make a sandwich 
that wasn't the same as yesterday, you know, because people come in and they like their routine and they like seeing that happy face. So you want to make sure everyone's trained properly. So for sure, that helps a lot, you know, socially, too, because we could leave we could leave our staff there now. Are you are you rigorous or with your training? Do you have a set kind of formula or policy that somebody comes in and there's, you know, we know that they have to know A through X and... Um, not so much. Um, I was very familiar training people in, in the kitchen, kitchen-wise. Um, and we have our bakers with us who we got really lucky. They're extremely good bakers. Um, and they kind of have the same feel, you know, we laugh, you know, so we're comfortable with them and they do their work well and we try to keep the happy environment in the front it was a bit different in the beginning i wasn't familiar with the whole espresso machine myself mm -hmm. so we all learned together and now it's easier to train people um but we don't really have a policy you know we just try to train people as as it comes you know as the experience comes and uh it's basically just try to make the customer happy at the end of the day trouble finding people i mean when you, you first started going out finding good qualified loyal honest people was that difficult and where did you find them um i put a couple ads out you know craigslist kijiji in the beginning we uh we didn't have that much staff in the beginning it was just us three my my parents and myself and we only had one other girl with us baking in the back and we were the ones serving the clients um but then we put the ads out and it was hard to find people in the beginning um it's hard to find some people that you click with, you know, mm -hmm. so it's not everyone has the same, you know, work ethic as you do, but we found a good staff now that we're really comfortable with and it's a little family now. So it's really, it's really fun. And everybody's on the same page. Was it difficult to institute a culture in your place? I mean, it, it really emanates, I guess, from you and your family. Yeah, no, I don't think it was that difficult. Um, we're a happy, a happy-go-lucky place. Obviously, we are a family, so we do fight, and some of the employees feel it uh, when we're stressed with each other. But um, no, it's, it wasn't that. It wasn't that hard. We got lucky with our staff, which is really, really a, you know, takes the tension off the shoulders a little bit. No question. Yeah. But there's also the financing side, and when we come back from the break, Dan, we'll talk a little bit about banking financing. Uh, one of my partners, Patrick Sullivan, will come in. We'll see what do banks look for when they want to either take on a client or let one go. And uh, Vanessa DeMora, a guest from Bakery Bal Rabeur on Today's Entrepreneur at 7.30. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.35, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. And Josh, a delicious treat this evening. We have a Vanessa DeMora from Bakery Belle-Rabeur and her goodies here. We have the cupcakes and the apricot It's It's uh, just cookies. not fair when you haven't had dinner yet and they're I know. all sitting in front I'm of trying you. I know. I'm trying to hold back here. But we were talking just before, uh, just before the break uh, about finding your location. Now, you've, this is your first venture in business, your first venture in a location. Is it your first time negotiating and signing a lease? It was, yes. Um, it's a lot more than I expected. Um, there's a lot of back and forth because you want to make sure you're happy with it. Um, we had um, a real estate agent with us, so that helped a lot too because I, I think we wouldn't have been able to get everything that we wanted without a real estate agent. Um we had to sign actually longer than we wanted to because mm -hmm. of our bank loan that we had. 
Um, but it was a it was a lot of work. It was a lot more than I expected the lease to be. You know? Was there anything that you know for the next lease and another three and a half years or so? Was yeah. there anything that stood out that you learned from that you say you know what? I got to make sure I keep my eye out for that next time. For sure, for sure. Um, business taxes and all that, you know, mm-hmm. um, particular things in the building that you need fixing. Um, what to negotiate if you do need fixing, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, now that you're there and your location, you know, we haven't touched upon it yet, but marketing has got to be got to play a role. You're mm-hmm. a retail establishment, and you got to make sure that you know feet and mouths and wallets walk through the door. <laughs> How did you do that when you first opened? I mean, what was your what was your plan when you first opened? Um, this business is really word of mouth, I think. Um, so you want to make the mouths that come in happy and they'll tell <laughs> their friends. Um, but there was a lot of condos around, like I mentioned before. So we did um, a send out of postcards to start off with. Um, just basically come in and get 25% off your first purchase. Um, we didn't really do the whole advertising in the the magazines and the newspaper. We did do um, a group on recently, so that really helps because it gets the people from further out that don't necessarily live in the old port or in down in the downtown area. So we got a lot of you know those families from the suburbs who found us from the group on. So that helped out a lot. What about website? Did you concentrate on your website? We did. Um, in the beginning, it wasn't really something that was as important to us as just you know starting off the store but we did uh, set up our our website about three months in because people were asking a lot of questions they wanted somewhere to go to look for things Uh, so I actually did the website myself I like that it was a little bit uh, my style my design it might not be perfect but you know it's there it it gets the information that you need Uh, so yeah we didn't really do that much advertising as far as that it's really we want to make people happy so they'll tell their friends. So now, but as a retail store, part of the advertising is their experience when they walk in. And not just the food, exactly. but the, the service as well. Yeah. So is that something you've also concentrated on and try to, I guess, train your your staff that say, sure. you know what, this is a really personal business. You, you got you to understand the client. Yeah, for sure. I think they feel that our heart is into it so our staff knows you know this has to work for us obviously we want it to work um every client has to be treated 110 percent perfectly um as the products in the back that we are making they have to look perfect they have to look the same you know quality control as well Mm -hmm. um we have you know a certain look to our store so just the music the atmosphere is something that we we expect to be the same all the time too um as far as that I mean, they, I think our staff knows, you know, treat everyone the way you would want to be treated as well. Now, I understand you also do some catering. We do. How did you get into the catering and what kind of, you know, marketing or how do you get the word out for that? Um, catering actually started this year. We didn't uh, start off right away with it. We noticed that there was a lot of offices around and a lot of uh, families and they don't necessarily cook in our area which is uh, something that we got into. We want to get into the pré-à-manger a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were asking us. It wasn't even something that we decided to do on our own. They were just uh, they were asking for catering. So we did a couple of Christmas parties, and basically it's off our lunch menu. So you could pick what you want or just even the croissants. We'll do catering in the morning. We'll make everything miniature because we, we all like finger foods. Mm-hmm. You're not eating as much, you know. <laughs> you feel that you're not eating as much anyways. But uh, basically we also do custom custom menus so you could come and talk to us about it and we'll try to make you as happy as you can be 
Is that something, you know, you, you mentioned your the business plan at the beginning versus today. How much did you deviate from kind of your products and your service offering from a year and a half ago to where you are today? Um, almost 100%, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> everything changed. You don't, everything can go wrong and everything can change when you're opening a business is what I found out. Um, we were going to start off just with the, the boule de bar and now we're, you know, a lunch, a lunch place, a hot spot in the area for lunches. So it completely changed. Now, what about getting the word out? And I mean, you have so much product. How do you know how much to make on any given day? How do you know what to start out with? Where did you learn that, that the, the quantities to, to put out there? That's something that you really have to feel out. I think in the beginning, the first day, I remember we made way too much because I think we were just overexcited. And obviously, we were a new business, so we didn't know. But that's something that you just really feel out which day is busier than the other. We start off with the standard, you know, maybe 24 croissants. And then you f if you're busier, you make more. But you can tell kind of which days are busier in the week. Um, people like to treat themselves at the end of the week. So you make more because you don't want to be in a rush at the end of the week. Um, but we don't like wasting. We are an Italian family, so we do hate throwing out food. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll try to give back. You know, the staff will come in. We'll give them some food. If there's a client that's hanging around, we'll give them the extra croissants at nighttime. Or there's a couple missions around us. We try to give back to the to the community too. How did you How did you work out your pricing? You know, when you first start out, uh, I mean, you have your recipes, you have the ingredients. Was that a a difficult component for you to wrap your head around? Was choosing how much do I sell a croissant or a sandwich or this catering that you're now doing? Uh, how did you approach the determining the pricing? Um, well, that came also with the research part. You don't want to be competing with your competitor, obviously, for the prices of the cakes, especially the prices of the cupcakes, I find, is a, is a strong issue with most people. Uh, we wanted to be reasonable, so obviously, you know, we didn't want to be buy a cupcake for $8, because who would mm -hmm. buy a cupcake for $8? We wanted to be a common place that anyone could come in and buy a cupcake, you know, from the little kids to the businessman. Um, but it's also how much, how much goes into the, how much goes into the cake, how much goes into the cookie. So you also have to play around with that, with your recipes and how much you're buying from your suppliers, what it costs you. So it was really that we did our research. We went around to see what our competitors were pricing. And it also, you know, the other factor it plays with both. It actually, it actually, you mentioned suppliers and I'm kind of curious, you're, you're starting out a business, you're. Uh, you know, you're, you're new to the game, you're, you're young, you're intelligent, you're female. Did you gain the respect right away? Did they, did they look at you and say, who the heck is this person that wants to buy from me? It's, it was exactly that. <laughs> um, especially when I was going to do, I think, my, my loan, um, there was a lot of older men involved and they were saying, hey, who is this little girl, you know? And I was with my parents, I was with my father the majority of the time, so they always went to talk to him first and they always shook his hand first, you know, because he's the man there. So I had to kind of put my foot down and reach out first and, you know, say, hey, I'm here too, you know, this is my business. I'm the one signing the paper at the end of the day, so look at me, you know, talk to me when you're when you're explaining something. You have to play your stubborn card, you exactly. know, hey, you know, I'm the one here. I might be small, but I'm here. <laughs> and what was their reaction when you sort of stood up for yourself as an entrepreneur? Um, in the beginning, I found that it wasn't as I wanted it to be. I mean, especially signing the lease too. Um, people weren't always as accepting, I find, especially when my father was there in the beginning. Um, 
But now eventually they know who I am. The suppliers know who I am. So they'll call, they'll say, oh, can I speak to Vanessa finally? You know, they don't ask <laughs> for my father anymore. <laughs> and in dealing, with the, in dealing with the bank, was it also, was it a long process? Did they ultimately accept your, I mean, it's a business plan. It's a new business. Yeah. So they have to kind of take you and understand management and what your background is. Was that yeah. a difficult sell? Um, I wouldn't say a difficult sell. Um, they explained things. I, I like that they kind of went into more detail. It was a long process. There was a lot of paperwork. They went into detail and I think I needed that because it was my first business plan. It was my first loan. So I really liked the fact that they explained everything. Um, I don't think they were, you know, just talking to me as a little girl. Eventually they realized, Hey, this is her business. So they really took the time and they, they gave me the help I needed. And and I think, you know, banks certainly have changed their tune and their flavors over the years, but there are definitely things they look for when they're taking on a new client and sometimes when they want to kind of get rid of a, a customer yeah. as well. So we're going to bring Patrick Sullivan into the discussion. He's consulted with banks for many years and kind of get his take and, and challenges for entrepreneurs in that respect. All right, dealing with the banks next on today's Entrepreneur 745. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.48 on CJAD 800. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur. Vanessa Tamora is our guest from Bakery Bar Habar. And we also welcome back Patrick Sullivan, trustee and partner at Fuller Landau. Talk about banking. And we're, you know, it's uh, Vanessa's business started about a year and a half ago. And we're talking about her experience and and her getting in and trying to sell the bank or going with a business plan. So Patrick, you know, I, I know you that you've had a lot of experience with banks consulting and going into their customer to say, tell the bank, is it a good deal? Is it not a good deal? So maybe you can kind of tell us when they're taking on a customer, new business or otherwise, are there certain things that they look for or certain things that they don't want to see? Uh, good evening. Uh, yeah, obviously bankers, when they are looking at a new transaction, there's there's a number of things that they're going to be looking for. Uh, obviously, the quality of the management is probably the first top priority that they're looking at. And then they're going to look at the business plan. They're going to they're gonna want to see, okay, what is it that this business is going to require in terms of financing and how can we do it to make it happen for them? Uh, normally, there's going to be a banker, which we call uh, the, the, the front banker that's going to solicit the business from the client or the banker that you've met. Kind of the account manager. Kind of the account manager who will prepare whatever information you're going to, that, that the company will provide them with. And then he's going to do what, what they call a write-up on the business and the business plan and the financials. Submit that to backstage people, which are called the credit people. That's where the questions come out. Credit people do not know the business. They're not there to visit the clients. They're there to look at numbers. So they, they will crunch those numbers and come back with questions. If they have enough questions that the poor account manager cannot answer or there's serious doubts on how are we going to structure this, then they will call in a consultant. Consultant's work will be normally, number one, validate projections whatever assumptions have been used in making those projections. In other words, is there a business model that makes sense so that we're going to lend on? Then the quality of the assets that we'll be taking as a guarantee, let it be receivables, let it be inventory, let it be machinery and equipment. 
all of this is to make it happen. In other words, how can we finance the deal so that it is structured in a manner that the business will be capable of operating within the financing that will be authorized? I know that that, that you, you can't really uh, apply a general statement to all businesses because everyone stands on its own. But are there certain ratios that the bank looks at, you know, whether you put in your own equity, whether they're looking for a certain amount of assets to back their loans? What kind of percentages or ratios do you normally see? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, actually, the, the ratios will differ from one business to the next. It would also have an impact depending on who's doing the financing. If it's a traditional bank financing, if it's a venture capital, if it's quasi-equity, if it's, it really depends on the nature. The, the, you know, the, the formulas are, may vary uh, from one bank to the next in terms of what do we want in terms of uh, shareholders' equity. Well, you know, uh, is it two to one, three to one? Depending on the nature of the business, that will have an impact on the ratios required. Certain lenders, if we look at asset-based financing, will not necessarily look at any of those ratios. They're just going to lend strictly on the asset side. So it really depends. Now, the, the banks there, they kind of come and go, and they have their their tendencies. They're sometimes more open for business. They're less open for business. But they all have money to lend. I mean, there's, a, there's from what I understand, uh, a, an excess amount of funds that they're ready to lend, but... Not everybody's borrowing so quick. Well, right now, economically speaking, yes, banks have a lot of funds available to lend. Uh, now, businesses are maybe not borrowing as much as the bankers would like them to borrow. Uh, I think it's a question of you know the economic cycle that we're running into as to how much companies or businessmen want to invest in their business. Uh, so obviously that has an impact. Interest rates have an impact. Uh, it's 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 all all of the above really that makes the difference. So that's when the bank is looking to maybe take on a new customer. When we come back from the break, maybe some of the things they look at when they want to decide maybe they've had enough with that customer. And also Vanessa Demora's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. That's next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.56 on today's Entrepreneur. We have Vanessa DeMora here from Bakery Bal Haber and Patrick Sullivan, trustee and partner at Fuller Landau, talking about uh, dealing with uh, the banks, as Vanessa did recently. And Patrick, we were talking before about when the bank wants to take on a client, but certainly when, they're, when they have an existing client, they're looking and they're monitoring much closer, certainly when things are, are not going so well and the economy is not well. Are there certain items that they look at first? Are they really digging deeper? Where are they digging these days that they didn't always dig it before? Uh, there, there's uh, every single file has its different aspects. Digging depending on how deep they need to dig in order to get answers to their questions. Some uh, examples maybe? Well, you know, when, when the bankers start seeing that there's overdrafts, that there's possibly NSF checks that are being returned. Why? Because the funds are not available, deposits are slow. They're going to start questioning, obviously, how the operation is doing. So at, from that standpoint, they're going to start questioning management. They're going to say, hey, come see us. We need to talk because we have a serious problem. And if the problem gets worse, then they're going to appoint a consultant to go and validate whatever information that they've been receiving from the client make sure that everything is corroborated by the books and records now if the thing isn't going well is there a possibly a way to turn it around if not well how do we get our money back 
because at some point they're going to say, okay, we want our money back. We no longer want to do business with you for whatever the reason. Surprises come when obviously things were not fully disclosed to the bank, and that happens. Uh, off, uh, off balance sheet debts that all of a sudden appear, uh, government assessments that appear. All of those will have an influence, obviously, on the bank's capability in realizing on the assets and getting their money out. So, I, you know, depending on how big the problem is, the deeper, you know, the review is going gonna, is gonna to be. You know, and, and customer credibility is huge. If you lose an ounce of credibility, you've lost a, a pound of, 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 I guess, uh, reliability or that credibility with the bank. Well, I, I, I always said that the your banker is a banker is a partner. Okay? It's your financial partner, not your business partner. You don't share your profits with your banker. But on the other hand, you have to share that information because they're there, they can help, provided that they're aware and they can react prior to things really getting bad. And that, that's the key. Uh, you know, giving the information. Uh, without necessarily being afraid of giving that information or withholding it because they will find out no matter what and if that information was withheld surprise excellent thank you very much Patrick and as we come to our last remaining moment we turn to Vanessa and ask uh, ask her what would be your one piece of advice to today's entrepreneur um, I would say food industry not food industry anything you're really going into um, you really have to love it because that's gonna be your life for you know, as long as your business is open, you're going to sweat, blood, tears, the whole the whole thing, you know. So whatever you're doing, just really love it and expect everything to go wrong in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, just be ready for anything and keep at it because if you really love it, just if it's your dream, you know, you can make it happen. And uh, that's pretty much it. And there's no question, Dan, that uh, many entrepreneurs, they have to realize that there are sacrifices to be made. To in order to gain that success. So that's, that's something that everybody at every entrepreneur should understand. Next week on today's Entrepreneur, Josh, a look at the Far East with a businessman from Hong Kong. We have uh, Orangefield ICS Trust, which is a, a corporate service provider, operates in Hong Kong and, and, and around the world, actually. And we're going to hear exactly how they operate their business in the Far East, what makes them tick, what works for them. That right, should be a fascinating look at doing business uh, in China. That is uh, coming up next week on today's Entrepreneur. The Exchange with Dave Kaufman is next. It's 8 o'clock.